This is a sonic scrapbook, a passport to Rome, following a pull to tune into the pulse of place, to get closer to the ground, befriending strangers along the way. I'm Petra Barron, and this is Low Lines. Episode three, train line, slow train to Tucson. It's May the 9th, evening, and I've just spent the last couple of days crossing the country on an Amtrak from New Orleans to Tucson. I didn't want to fly, it's just too quick. I wanted to just sit and watch this landscape change and talk to people. We've got swamps for miles, like tangled, mangled up in this big, thick mess. Everything's so green. It's pretty dense. Lots of really young trees, a few older ones. And there's a lot of undergrowth. And we're just slowly carving through it along the tracks. The slow train running west from New Orleans to LA is called the Sunset Limited. Such a romantic name. The classic Amtrak long train journey. 36 hours of cruising along so slowly at times. Sort of felt like a meditation, kind of. It's a bit of a disaster. This is the choice until Tucson. Okay, so why don't I have the mac and cheese skillet and there's no salads or anything. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from England. Okay, so how long are you gonna be on this side? So I've been here for a while. Um, I'm I'm getting off at Tucson, but that's, that's a long cool. ride too. That's a long, so slow ride. Going to be there. A few days. I want to go into the desert. The Arizona long. desert. Yeah. I don't know how long I'll last. Oh, I don't do camp. No, ma'am. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd be so nervous. Do you don't think you would be quite powerful? 
I'm not going to even try. My friend trying to get me to go hiking. I said, have you lost your mind? I don't do hiking. Why, have you tried it? No. You might love it. No, man. You don't think it's worth trying it? Uh-uh. What, do you just don't like the creepy crawlies? No, I'm not doing it. I started to get acquainted with the train, feeling it out as I walked back to my seat with my $2.50 dining car water, through the carriage full of Mexican travellers, passing around mango, Lay's potato chips. I just walked past this French family with the young children and they're all sitting around playing cards and they've got this really civilised looking picnic all sort of spread out in front of them with hummus and cherry tomatoes and wholemeal crackers. It's so wholesome. Sat in my seat, got comfy in my carriage, stared out the window, a bit hungover and ponderous. I can't stop thinking about this conversation yesterday. So it's the end of Jazz Fest, and me and Zelma and Chris are outside the jazz tent. Nora Jones doing her thing inside, a bit boring, and we're baking hot, sitting on this blanket, and we're talking about antidepressants. Chris has just got all the information. She's talking about like which antidepressants make you horny, which suckle the sexy out of you, and then Selma's telling us about her sexual awakening in her early 20s when she goes to see Trombone Shorty on stage for the first time. And she's just throbbing with desire thereafter until she finally took herself off to lose her virginity. Like some kind of swamp dog just kind of pounding the pavements looking for release. So funny. Okay, the phone's turned off. It's in my bag. No more scrolling. I'm getting away from his claws. Right, I need to get out of there. I live in LA, so I've got Palm Springs. I liked your chat earlier, Dwayne. When you, when you, oh, when I told the people. You told us not to fight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dwayne, the conductor, told me that the train can get kind of gnarly. I love Dwayne. He's talking about loads of fights, people getting asked to leave. Usually, I mean, on the way out, we kick three people off. So it's wow. like, that's, that's normal. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking? Oh, uh, one was tweaking out of his mind. The other one was trying to get a free ticket. He didn't have a ticket and he was on board. The other one was drinking situation. Or, or was it smoking? Either or, drinking or smoking. The church spires. A huge cemetery. Louisiana flag flapping listlessly. Pretty little blue flowers along the side of the verge. Somewhere around Lafayette, I was like, I need to get into that viewing car. It felt like the heart of the train. When you sit in the big glass bubble of the viewing carriage, it all looks so cinematic. 
like it's just us and this train carving through the landscape. It's like a conveyor belt, the natural splice through with the man-made and how they all mesh together. So interesting from this fleeting viewpoint. The chat next to me gave me my ear. This is not just touching. Even the rich, super rich, know that something devastating is coming. The King family. They know that. Nice to meet you, I'm Petra. Matt and Lee and Lenny. Where does everyone come in the line? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. He's the youngest. He's next. He's next older, and I'm older. And then we have one in the other car, older than all of us. Wow. <laughs> and then there was a brother whose name I can't remember, who was asleep quite a lot of the time. And three more left down. And three more of where are the other Matt's wife, who's deaf, so he had to mouth everything I said to her with his mask pulled down. So this is what we have death in the family. We're going to bury one of our sisters. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. She's she's good. She's good. You have a lot of family in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. So how did you get into the missionary business? Um call of God. We go to a church where uh, we're very mission-oriented, going to all the world and preach the gospel. I go to Haiti. I've been in Haiti for 15 years. It's a great tie between New Orleans and, uh, and Haiti. Yeah. Just taking it all in, just learning the names, warming up to them. When another King's sibling, Bobby, appeared, all mystique and charisma. Oh, bless you, baby! <laughs> This is my brother as well. Bobby, nice to meet you. He's a recording. Well, I have a group. What kind of music do you sing, Bobby? I sing. I just retired from the music industry. And I did a lot of sessions, you know, studio background sessions and stuff like that. So I sing with whatever artist that I'm working with, whatever style that they, whatever category of music they sing, you know, I, I sing that with them, you know, recording. I worked with Bruce for a long time. Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. You ever heard of Ryan Cooter? Yeah. Ryan Cooter, I worked with Ryan Cooter. Oh, wonderful. Um, but I've been in about every uh, cracking crevice on this planet. Have you? Oh, you? You're all travelers. I did a lot of traveling. Lee's traveled all over with the missionaries. And my brother, yeah, he travels with well, You've traveled with music. Ever I go, you know, if, I haven't, if I've never been there, I just enjoy it because hey, it's totally different from where I'm, you know, I were. You know, and it's brand new, and you get to see a lot of things. But it just it runs in the family. It's nice in this viewing car, isn't it? And Matt passed us packets of nuts and little paper napkins loaded with fruit salad, dispensed from this giant ziplock. It was so organised. Plums and mango, cubed, little macerated. I felt like he sort of prepared it all the night before. I was really impressed. So they call it highlights. Mm. And that's a clear expanse where the animals, they cross anyway, but then when they cut the land, it's life. It's life. It's, it's freedom. It's freedom. You know? I live way back in the woods. I built me a cabin uh, there about 30 years ago. And uh, I went through a divorce. 
15 years ago. Then my wife kept the house in the subdivision. And I went back to the land. Here you can disappear. You can disappear here. Do you mean like go off grid? Yeah. Yeah, you can walk through here. You can disappear. In mountainous terrain, you can disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I've lived in other places, but it's nothing like home. Do you catch enough for the whole winter? Yes, ma'am. I kill enough for the whole year. Well, so you got like deep freezers full yeah. of what? Deer meat, a wild hog, rabbit, coon. And I make a lot of sausages. Do you do coon? So it don't be bulk meat. Do you do coon sausage? I haven't done coon sausage. I've never tried coon that. Sausage? I haven't made coon sausage. Beaumont, Texas also serves as a smokestop electric electric and all she do so at Beaumont. So please do not leave the platform area to the train. Go where you exit. Beaumont, Texas. Everyone's getting off the smoke. Bit of a crowd of gathering, waiting to embark. Are there any good food stops? Not here. That's the terminal right there. But like in general. I'm, I'm Houston. Houston, Houston coming we up. might yeah. get some good food. Yeah, they might. Okay. Was that a lady that was getting on? Or she just... No, no, yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> she she's Palm Springs. She had stuff here. She's a pretty good there. Yeah. Oh, okay. She just moved. Yeah, yeah. Right, should I, um, yeah, should I wait for the conductor? Do we have to get back on? He'll, he'll tell us. Anybody else that doesn't have a seat? No, no, you're fine. You can stay out there if you dare. Don't leave us behind. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, toot the horn. They're, they're screaming all over. You're, you're fine. Right, I'm getting in because I'm getting some. Beaumont. Houston was a swamp once. Another waterway drained, beaten into submission, and now it's like this mass of overpasses and strip malls and tarmac and it's got such a good food scene last time i was there god we ate well chinese and congolese and indian incredible indian food for america actually honduran and yeah it's really good food in houston Got it. <laughs> Horrific. I've never walked in on so many people on the toilet. In one go. <laughs> Ten seconds. I think sunset hit around 8 p.m. 
and everyone having done their evening ablutions started to just ease in for the night. Everything just started to mellow out and slow down. The landscape is humbling. It's just so massive and beautiful and powerful and dangerous. Whether you're on the ocean, on the plains, in the mountains, you have to have your wits about you. You have to be thinking about it all the time. You have to be thinking about the weather all the time, which is having grown up in Massachusetts, you do that. Um, and you have to have that kind of quiet resilience. And it's wonderful, you know, I look up in the skies most nights and I'm 180 degrees of stars. You're truly under the sheltering sky. It's, it's just, it, it's just amazing. Um, and I like, I like the quiet. Yeah. They don't care if, you know. Do you feel like you can kind of do what you want? I can do whatever I damn please. <laughs> and without without offending anyone, of course. But and that's part of the beauty of this land, right? Is that people yes. you feel like you have the space and the ability to do what you damn like, which is where politics can come in and kind of confuse people. Tracked down some lovely empty seats, got myself all settled in, lovely cozy nook started falling asleep, the train pulls into San Antonio, and this woman gets on and just sits on me. And I had to just get up and I didn't have anywhere else to go. I don't really know, I've just put the seat down. I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to really sleep, but we'll give it a go. I haven't really got enough warm clothes on. I have got earplugs. I have got edibles. And I have got an eye mask. And I've got a pillow. Oh my god, I've got a cushion. I just remembered. Go and get my cushion. idea how much sleep I got. I just know that around 3am my brain was just riddled with thoughts of vowing to do better and vowing to meditate fast until I reached the desert. I was like I'm gonna fast, I'm just gonna fast. I was thinking about doing my top five and getting back into the Pomodoro technique. So I writhed around in my chilly sea. I tried to meditate just to go back to sleep, but I was still so frazzled from my week of sweaty jazz fest. Oh, I need to ground. ground. I'm really bad food on I just need to meditate, meditate, meditate. 
work out and start to make me feel a bit active. Maybe I should do fasting for tomorrow. Feeling Charm my abstinence. Louisiana, Texas, Mexico, and Arizona. I started fantasizing about staying on the train. I was just like, LA isn't that much further on with all those clean, bright, light, energizing, adaptogenic nootropic things that they love over there. $20 smoothies. Just sitting here in my terrible cold sea, thinking about discomfort and what Dave Chang said on a podcast the other day, I think it was Dave Chang, about how we have these expectations of our lives that they should be easy and fun. When the brutal truth of life is that it can be tough, incessant and uncomfortable and we've convinced ourselves that we can sort of shield ourselves against all unpleasantness and pursue happiness at all costs. We're saying we've strayed so far from the hunter-gatherer that, let's face it, most of us would perish in a real disaster. Good morning. I gave up on the idea of fasting. As soon as I woke up, I just got straight down to that cafeteria. I couldn't keep away. Bumped into Lee, also on the hunt for breakfast. I'm great. I'm, I'm ogling that fruit, but that's not for sale. That's yours, isn't it, Jackie? Sure is. <laughs> oh, man. I was, like, scouring the list for some fruit or some oatmeal or something. Oh, no oatmeal either. Okay, what time is dinner? What time is dinner? Lunch. Lunch. I'm going to just now have a cup of tea. Day two of the Sunset Limited experience really got started with Brad, though. This in-your-face dude with his teeth out, roaming around looking for denture cream so he could talk straight. He clocked my British accent immediately. I could barely understand what he was saying through his puckered mouth. A-L-O-A-L-O. Oh, hello, hello. Yeah. I love the way you say it. Hello, hello. I don't know Twitter. You know what your show is, right? Yeah, from the 80s. You know what this thing is? I thought I'd kill him for a wall or two. He knew the Queen of England. She fixed his teeth. Excuse me, hang on, what? The Queen of England fixed his teeth. His teeth, no, his, his teeth. I need my teeth. I, need, I like that, that's just, it's like a spinner is red. The Queen of England fixed his teeth. Where are you headed? Well, I'm different, LA, where are you headed? Tucson. Oh yeah, what are yeah. you doing there? Going into the desert. And doing what? Checking it out. What are you going to LA for? Well, I was going to do production, what are you? Listen, I, I was working on Wounded Warriors clergy and I was all kinds of different. Shut the radio off. Oh, sorry. He made me turn the recorder off. He told me that the rule is that you have these kind of conversations 
away from everyone else in an open field. And I was all up for it. But then he got a right cob on when I dared to chat to Connor and Meredith on the other table. It just stormed off. Later, we found out he'd been put off the train by Dwayne the conductor. I've been to sit next to him for the last thousand miles. Are you coming from New Orleans? I was coming from St. Louis. Oh my God. Oh, you came down from St. Louis to New Orleans? No, not to New Orleans. We stopped, we changed trains. Oh, it's San Antonio. a different train than you did. Hi, I took the Amtrak and it took me from Denver up to Illinois down to Houston. So it was a big V, like almost an M. <laughs> I, I feel like they're going that. everywhere but west. I just want to go due west. <laughs> um, our desert isn't as green as this. Yeah, I think we get more water. Probably. Yes, definitely. It's a lower elevation where we are right now. Did you sleep much last night? Yeah, I had seven hours. Oh my god, did you have you got a cabin? No. I'm just I'm used to sleeping wherever. Where are you headed? Um, Alaska. Oh wow. Yeah, but I'll take a train to Los Angeles and then take another train to Seattle. So it's three days on the train. So from LA to Seattle is what, another day and a half or something? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to have a shower for about four days. Fair enough, as long as you've got some wet wipes. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> I know someone that does. I'll make do. I'll make do. So can you tell me about this landscape around here? Sure. Um, I'll tell you what little I know. There's so much to know, it looks like it repeats itself, like all the plants and everything. But what you're not seeing is a lot of the small mammals. Whenever you live out here, everything moves much, much slower. And you have to make time for things. Whenever I go to the city, it feels like we're operating at like a machine scale. Everything's so quick, yeah. you know? It feels sometimes like there's so many people that it has to be scaled that quickly, you know? So I do get that, but whenever you're out here, there's less people, more space. Everything just feels bigger and more open. What people really need in their lives is space to think and almost like meditative, like whatever animals have, you know, that kind of like non-anxious kind of openness. Yeah. And your senses all alert, you know, in a, in a way of really knowing where you are and how to read where you are with more than just your logic. I did mushrooms out here and I was in the mountains, and I was—I had been living in the basin of these mountains for two years, and a friend of mine, we had never hiked together, she pulls out this bag of mushrooms, and I thought, well, this is time, it's time for me to do these. And so I take them, and they kick in, and I'm feeling very good, you know. Normally on a hike, I feel like I'm sweating a lot. Um, I'm not wheezing, but I, you know, I have to control my breath and I feel my joints usually. I can kind of feel like tension in them and I have to kind of stretch them out. I didn't feel any of that. I felt so strong and so powerful and so confident. And I asked myself why I felt so confident and I had realized it was because I had almost synchronized with the land. 
like I knew all the animals there I knew where I was going what I was doing I just knew the land it's much harder to do that in a city although people can do it you know I've seen people who really thrive in cities and they know everything about the city and they had that same kind of intelligence you know and I realized that I had completely adapted to an environment that I didn't grow up in and so it was like a real education in that moment you know like a reflection and I felt even more confident from that and I haven't felt that way since I I, I kind of can retain that I think we get stuff in El Paso where there's some nice. good food no we're at Fort Bliss now I think no Maybe. I think El Paso's got some food for us As everyone was spilling off to smoke and stretch our legs, I spotted the woman who ousted me from my cosy nook in the night and realised how small she was, much smaller than it felt. I walked over and we soon made friends. My, my story or my life or whatever, it was okay, but it was very turbulent, trouble. It's a long story, you know. I always was, what did I, how can I explain myself to tell, despreciada, despite from my mother and my older sister. And whatever it happened, it was my fault. It always see me like a maid. And I used to do everything for them, to, to make them please. And it was hard. And at that time, I was 15 years old. And we carried on through Valentine and past the random Prada store outside Marfa, burrowing towards Van Horn, through the desert, mesquite, cottonwood trees, tufts of desert stuff and rabbits and deer out there somewhere and piles and piles of landscape that looked like digestive biscuit crumbs. My daughter was born and we, we get married again, you know, with my husband. You remarried him? Him again. So hang on a minute, you were married to your husband, mm -hmm. you had a baby, uh -huh. you were embarrassed, yeah. pregnant, mm -hmm. but you divorced him, mm -hmm. but then you married him again? Again. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, we, we tried, and it was again. He used to drink a lot. He got to the point that it was awful for the children, no, mm. not. And I took care before he died. I took care of him, and we married again for that trouble. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! And you just fell in. You kept on falling in love with each other. You had a baby, soft spot for each other. Baby. Yeah. Wow. And the children too. And uh, he passed me all what he fought before. Give you it all back. Wow. Yeah. What a story. We're here. Yeah. We can go and stretch our legs. Do you want to come and get a burrito? Yeah, sure. That line for the burritos is going to be real long. Oh, that is a Through the train window, bunched up in the corridor, we could all see a Mexican woman with a suitcase full of ready rolls standing on the platform, dishing out glorious looking bean and cheese or bean and brisket burritos, three dollars each. 
Okay, we're moving. Okay, it's not happening. Look, I can see someone with a burrito in his hand. <laughs> you might have found it in vain. You might have found it in vain because by the time we get off of here, it'll be time to roll. No, no, he 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 over there. Why are we get we get out there right there by the feet? Well, how do you get out right there? I love it. What's that? Your voice. Finally, we were released. We spilled off the train, quickly formed a queue in front of the burrito lady, and then did our best to ignore our rapidly diminishing window of time off board. It was quite stressful. The burrito woman absolutely cleaned up. How many burritos do you think she sold? An Argentine guy from Atlanta came along, probably in his 20s, joined the conversation as we did the maths. No, no, 20 people, so... More than 20, don't you think? Three per person, 100. God bless you, have a safe trip. We, God bless we have you. the same question. <laughs> How many burritos did you just sell? I don't know, I have no idea. I don't count them, I don't count them. So Where are you from? England. And I'm from Argentina. And Louisiana. Ah, okay. Because your accent. You know, I've been thinking about Joe Man Petra. That means stone. Good, powerful man. That's powerful. How many burritos? I just need one. I want I have a brisket and bean and I have a... Those El Paso burritos saved us. Neat stacks of white, sweaty, cigar-style border burritos trussed up in her suitcase on wheels. Yeah, Thank know, you for looking after us. A dinner, a dinner, uh, a real meal, made and sold by the same human hand. You just can never beat that. I went one brisket, two bean, and headed back to my seat to savour them slowly. A smear of frijoles, a spread of brisket, flaccid twiglets really, but they were my twiglets made all the tastier for having had to leave the train and go track them down, away from the tyranny of Jackie's onboard cafeteria. Texas, west of El Paso. There's tufts of little scratchy bushes, tumbleweeds in the making they look like, low fences, there's a scratchiness everywhere. There's a lot of very low clouds. It began to get a lot more orange and baked around Las Cruces. All the greens turning darker, less vehement. And then the landscape got even more dramatic. The Sonora Desert splaying out to the left, as far as the eye could see. 
the New Mexico all up to the right. And then I missed seeing the wall. The wall. I was too busy journaling on the wrong side. God, what a moment to miss. That great controversial wall that we've all heard about. Apparently the whole carriage was up on its feet, craning to the south to look at it. Lee said everyone in the carriage went silent, awestruck at this bleak intervention. Some cars smell of fags, and some cars smell of old booze, and some cars smell like no one's left them for 30 hours. After you've been on the train for a day and a half, see more and more people walking up and down the train just trying to get exercise a few wobblers as the train gyrates man the smokers were starting to climb the stainless steel walls by the exit yearning to be released to smoke been hours since el paso and some of them were pranging out one guy looked like bob from twin peaks lumbering around wheezing looking so distressed i tried to make a joke out of it but he wasn't laughing and then, as we started getting closer to Tucson, the viewing car was alive with music as Bobby King brought Rai Kuda in to join the party. I'm loving the music, by the way. We're in the middle of a show. Do you want to be part of it? You're making a show? Well, I'm getting off in the... a show. Oh, you're in a show? Yeah. Oh. It's a Bobby King concert and brothers. I would love to be a part of it, but we're getting ready to get off the train. Me too. But this is amazing. Me yeah, too. I like this. It's worth it's these guys have all sung oh, all nice. their lives. Wow. Is that you? These I are the pipes. These are the pipes of this gentleman and this. Because I grew up with like Muddy Waters, D.B. King, John Lee Hooker, all those guys, man. You got it. Joe look, Withers. Look him up. Yeah, let me, can I take a picture of that real quick so oh. I know who you guys are? I love that. I love that. And you guys are playing when? Oh, you're not playing? I'm going to get my chair. It was so nice to meet you. Oh, really? I'm going to say goodbye to you just in case I don't manage to come back. Can't wait to do it. Yeah, good luck with everything. In you, LA. Take care. Bye, lovely to meet you. Take care. You really disappoint me. Why? You didn't get either one of these guys to say. I know. I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. You were a bit shy. You were like, you don't feel like you're at your best. You don't think it's going to sound that good. I don't even like you. Don't even use that word. Because? <laughs> because I'm nowhere near that. So where's the singing then? In my throat, baby. <laughs> and then they're, they're ready. Yeah, I just love talking to you this Good morning. luck getting to Alaska. This guy, Connor, is on his way there. to Alaska. Where are you getting off? Are you getting off in LA? Yeah. You're having a great time, aren't you? Of course I am. Are you all together? Of course. She's part of the team now. Okay, right. You're accumulating friends. 
Yeah. Where are you off to? I'm going. I'm, I'm getting my stuff ready. Where are you, where are you headed? Tucson. Tucson? Yeah. I'll miss you. Oh. <laughs> Bye. What kind of book are you on? Deep Eddie. What? You want some? You want a shot? No, I'm all right. I'm all right, thanks. Um, it smells amazing, though. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Bye. <laughs> And that is how I arrived here in Tucson, Arizona. Big thanks to everyone on the Sunset Limited who was happy to have me record our conversations. To Maria Luisa, Meredith, Connor, Brad, Jackie in the cafeteria, Dwayne the conductor, the burrito lady who saved my life, and to the wonderful King brothers, Matt, Lenny, Bobby and Lee, on their way to Los Angeles to send their sister home. To see Bobby sing with Rai Kuda, and for more on this journey, head to low-lines.com. Low Lines was created and recorded by me, Petra Barron, produced, edited, and sound designed by Lucia Scazzocchio at Social Broadcasts, and executive produced by Lena Presswood at Scenery Studios. The original score is by Hannah Marshall, with mixing by Yabina Tinnemans. The show artwork was created by David Masha. Next time on Low Lines. And the dogs ran toward him and he just stood stock still. And I said, Tango Glock. Like, I have a Glock. <gasps> and he said, you'll say, like, I know. And I'm like, okay, we've, we've established the ground rules. I mean, I was scared. And he's crying. I understand a little Spanish. And he said he had been separated from his brother. And he couldn't find his brother. And he pulled up his pants and he was just, his legs were just ripped from the desert. I'll be driving down to the Mexican border on my search to meet a desert woman.